We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bears select... Welcome to Picks for Polls, presented by The Bear Report. Your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid Koshal. Welcome to Picks for Polls, a Chicago Bears draft podcast presented by the Bear Report and Blue Wire Pods. My name is Andrew Freeman, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Yusei Kochel. We're recording this episode on Thursday, August 17th, coming off of uh, the Bears. Their first preseason game was this past weekend, and uh, right now they're in the middle of joint practices against the Indianapolis Colts ahead of their second preseason game this weekend um, on Saturday. So we have a lot to get into today, a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss, especially coming off of this first preseason game. Uh, before we get into all that today, you said, how are you doing today, man? Yeah, I mean, I'm doing well. You mentioned it. There's just so much football action going on because I got a notification on my phone. And I know that the Eagles and their entire Georgia defense is playing right now. So I didn't even look at the schedule because I primarily focus on the Bears. But I was like, oh, crap, there's preseason football on Thursday night. It's going to take some getting used to. Yeah, speaking of that game uh, going on tonight, that, that's going on as we speak right now. Uh, Dorian Thomas Robinson, DTR for the Browns, has looked quarterback for them. He's a day three pick. He's looked pretty impressive. I mean, there's been a couple of impressive performances. Um, maybe we'll cover that maybe in, on, a, on a future episode for guys around the uh, around the NFL. But I'll, I'll just shout out shout out that out uh, right here because uh, that game's going on right now. Uh, but speaking of preseason football. Let's talk about the Bears' first preseason game. So the Bears kick off the preseason uh, with a win uh, against the Tennessee Titans, twenty-three to seventeen. It was, uh, you know, it, it, there were definitely some fireworks in this in this game. You said, and you know, hopefully a preview of things to come. But as we all know, the first team offense really started off hot, and uh, I think the general takeaway has to be uh, the offense just two explosive touchdowns that screen pass to DJ Moore. And then the very next series, the screen pass to Khalil Herbert that went for a touchdown. And it kind of like the big narrative coming out of this game, which I found 
to be hilarious was that, you know, we, we talked about all of last year where Justin Fields didn't have any help and it felt like he had to be Superman, um, you know, just for the Bears to be competent on offense at times. And then he goes to this first preseason game and Justin Fields doesn't really have to do anything for the Bears to score touchdowns. It's like a completely – the tables have flipped to a degree here. Now, again, like we have to add context here. It's preseason. There's no game planning. I'm pretty sure the Titans weren't playing any of their starters for either side of the ball besides the offensive line uh, for them. So I can't say that I'm going to take anything uh, concrete here. It's, it's all with a grain of salt. Um, but a promising start for uh, the first team offense, to say the least. You're right. And promising start is the way to put it. There is a lot that goes into looking at the way that the starting offense played during Saturday's game against the Titans. Because if you look at the Bears offensive philosophy, what you're basically seeing is this. And again, you have to really take it back to Justin's time at Justin Fields time at Ohio State to be able to understand what Luke Getzey and the Bears are doing. So the Bears and Justin, right? Justin, when he was at Ohio State, he had Garrett Wilson. He had Chris Olave, two first-round picks. Jeremy Ruckert was pretty good tight end, and he had a handful of day two, day three guys on the offensive line as well as in the running back room. So he could afford to kind of just take it easy and really be a game manager. And so last season what it revealed was that Justin indeed does not need to be a game manager and that he's a guy who's just a natural playmaker with his dual threat ability. I bring this up because if you look at the Bears play calling, the first I want to say seven to ten plays that the starters were actually in there, it was very clear it was all scripted. It was all this kind of quick game stuff that was just designed for him to be able to utilize his legs, the screen game as well, so he could kind of just sit back there and be able to make a quick, easy throw. Because last year, the Bears passing game in 2022 the quarterback needed to work harder than usual to even get anything going. And so this year what the bears have done is basically said, look, we know Justin's got one of the best deep balls in the league. There's no doubt about that. He's consistently shown flashes of it over the last few years, but unfortunately he hasn't had a chance to really show it off because there hasn't been a deep threat other than Darnell Mooney. Now, when you look at this, year you've got DJ Moore you have Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool and then you have a handful of versatile playmakers like a Cleo Herbert and a Cole Komet so there's more potential there the greater thing that this speaks to is the Bears philosophy on the offensive side of the football which is you have your offense and then within that you've got a certain set of formations and each formation each play have certain personnel groupings and the Bears have the horses on offense now to be able to go spread offense or you can kind of condense it and say hey let's just go with you know a run heavy formation because we're clearly going to show that we're going to run the ball but then it ends up being play action so that's really what's happening on Saturday so for all the people who are like hey it's yards after catch well guess what that's how a quarterback makes most of their money now anyway and the Chiefs were the first team to kind of start that trend with Patrick Mahomes and then when Kyle Shanahan's offenses took off and Sean McVay's offenses took off like boom that was it yards after catch became like the most overrated but also underrated and underanalyzed number in the league 
I mean, yeah, yeah. All all the great offenses today are, are building their foundation foundation off of guys that can get yards after the catch, and that, that's why you bring in like guys like DJ Moore. He, he's a guy who's always been really good at getting yards after the catch, even going back to his days at Maryland. He was in college, so yeah. And I, I think it's <laughs> it's very very promising that literally his first catch as a Bear, he goes for a touchdown with all that yards after the catch. Um, so it's just, I don't know. I, I hope that's something that can translate to the, the regular season. Of course it's preseason. You, you never know whether it's going to translate or not, but like I said before, it's, it's a very, very good start. And, uh, you know, what this means for Justin Fields, you know, it, it can never be a bad thing to have, you know, more help around you as a quarterback. I think whether it's offensive line protection, whether it's weapons, whether it's coaching, whether it's guys that can get yards after the catch, like you talked about, that's that's just a good thing in my opinion. Now, whether that means Justin Fields is poised for a year two breakout in terms of him becoming a a true franchise quarterback, you know, it remains to be seen. I'm not going to make any judgments off of that based off of just three passes that all went behind the line of scrimmage. But you know, he executed everything he was supposed to do, and. I, I, you can only take this as a positive. You can only take this as a positive in terms of, you know, the Bears offense appears to be looking better around Justin, and hopefully that'll help elevate his play. Um, and you can kind of get that symbiotic relationship between the talent around him and Justin Fields, where both aspects are elevating each other. So that is the hope for this upcoming season. We got a tease of it um, in, in this first preseason game. But there, there is also a lot of other things that we can talk about as well, um, you know, specifically when it comes to some of the rookies and some of the other players that stood out. So uh, let's go to our rookies here and get a quick little report card on all these guys. I'll start with Darnell Wright. He only played seven snaps in this game. So just the first two series uh, with the first team. Uh, what were your thoughts on Wright? And, uh, you know, what did he show to you in, the, in his first game action? Yeah, Darnell, I think, really surpassed expectations for everybody. And again, you talk about a guy who, take it months back, a lot of people question whether or not he was the right fit for the Bears offense, specifically because he was much bigger. And so people are looking at his measurables and saying, well, this is a guy who should theoretically be fitting into a power run game. He's not really a guy that's ever going to be a fit in an outside zone scheme but again the advantage of running this outside zone scheme is that once you have tackles that are basic an offensive lineman in general that can kind of get out in space and are mobile and are nimble quick on their feet I mean the sky's the limit so Darnell really impressed and what was phenomenal to see is his footwork right you're talking about a guy who again played right tackle at Tennessee and really, when you look at that, there were instances where there were questions, again, about his fit at the next level. But he's come in and he's adapted and he adjusted adjusted very well. Part of that is he lost 16 pounds from the time he was drafted to when he reported to training camp. The other half of it is that there is a consistent want for him to get better. And Darnell is never going to be the freakiest athlete on the field by any means. But what he is going to do, especially for the upcoming season, is he is going to be the hardest worker. And again, there was one player, I believe, taken ahead of him in Paris Johnson Jr., who went to Arizona. I mean, 
this is a bit of a bold prediction, but there's a chance we're sitting here talking in December and January where in a lot of these redrafts, I mean, Darnell Wright's the first offensive tackle taken off the board. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I'll say this on that on that Paris Johnson darn right discussion. You can never judge off the tackles by their rookie season, I'll say, because it is a position that takes a long time to develop, like two or three years before these guys really start to come into their own. Usually, like look at Andrew Thomas in his first year as a starter for the Giants. Like he was legitimately one of the worst tackles in football. You fast forward a couple of years, and he's maybe like the second or third best left tackle in the game. Like he's right up there with Trent Williams, I think. Um, so it, it can take some of these guys a while. I think it's going to be a fun discussion. I think to follow because I was a Paris Johnson guy. That was my guy throughout this draft cycle. So that'll be a, I think that'll be an interesting thing to follow. I know, I know that the Cardinals are doing things a little bit differently with him where they're putting him at guard first. So I'm kind of curious to see how that works out with his development, whereas the Bears are kind of throwing Donal Wright right to the fire, right, where he's starting a right tackle right away, and he really doesn't have any competition for that job. So it kind of it kind of shows, like, the confidence that the Bears have and right, but also kind of like the lack of depth that they have at that tackle position, which is why they had the need there in the first place. But, yeah, overall, I think Wright, it was a solid debut. He didn't really do anything spectacular, but – you know, if you if I can't if I don't notice you on the broadcast as an offensive lineman, that's usually a good thing. It means you're not making mistakes, right? So, uh, and going back and watching the film, darn right, didn't really make any mistakes out there. So, um, positive start for the first round rookie for the Bears. Uh, but in my opinion, the biggest winner from this preseason in terms of the rookies was Tyreek Stevenson, second round pick for the Bears. This is a guy that uh, the Bears traded up for in the second round, and throughout training camp, he's been and in kind of of a. Uh, of a training camp battle or starting battle um, for that starting cornerback spot opposite of Jalen Johnson with Terrell Smith. Now Smith didn't play in this first preseason game because he's been uh, dealing with an injury as well in training camp. So Tyree Stevenson, this is a good opportunity for him to kind of plant his flag as a guy that it, it belongs in that starting lineup. And I think he certainly showed that. I think, uh, you know, it started off a bit rough for him. I don't know, you know, off of that first play, whether it was, you know, him. It seemed like there was a miscommunication in the secondary that kind of led to that big, led to that big passing play at the start of the game. That might have been a Tyreek Stevenson fault. I'll have to go back and watch that again to kind of confirm that. But otherwise, you saw the physicality that he brings. You saw 
Um, you know, the stickiness and coverage that he has, that size, uh, that range that he has as a player, is a, a bigger cornerback. Um, and also some of the stuff he does as a run support player as well. Just a lot of really good qualities and um, an understanding of the game that he showed. In my opinion, this is a really good debut for Tyreek Stevenson. So for you, you say, you know, what are your thoughts on Stevenson's debut? And were there any other rookies that you thought showed promise and flashes in, the, in this game as well? Tyreek Stevenson came out and played a phenomenal game. I mean, it's very clear that when he's come in, you go all the way back to OTAs, he has significantly just gone ahead and impressed every single step. Now, yes, he's had his fair share of struggles going up against DJ Moore, Chase Claypool in practice, but there is that certain attitude and demeanor and quality that he has, which you really can't teach, which is, hey, just reset it and move on. So he's almost coming in with a chip on his shoulder, per se. And then you look at the defensive tackle room. Now, those two defensive tackles, Pickens and Jervon Dexter, I mean, they are going to be linked together for a long time. Keep in mind that when you look at the interior of the D-line, the Bears don't really have any long-term options there. So you have your veterans in Jones, in Justin Jones, Rasheem Green, Demarcus Walker, and Justin Jones is the only pure nose tackle of those three, which means that there's a second DT spot that's up for grabs. Andrew Billing is impressed, but if I'm going to be honest, I mean, Jervon Dexter has had his flashes too. Now this past weekend's game, against Tennessee, Jervon, you could tell that he was a rookie in training, essentially. Zach Pickens, though, and it's not just because he had the sack, but Zach Pickens came out and legitimately played much better than a lot of people may be giving him credit for, but it just goes to show those two nose tackles. They had some flashes, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done for them to go ahead and be considered regular starters or rotational guys. Yeah, let's talk about those defensive tackles because, um, like Pickens, so third round pick for the Bears, he had he had the sack. He also had a fumble recovery, I think, in this game. Now PFF did not have him grade out very well. In fact, he graded out lower than Dexter, which I thought was interesting. And usually, what that means is like, yeah, he made some splash plays in this game, but it also means that his negative plays were really bad. I didn't necessarily see that. I don't know. I thought that he. I don't think he was necessarily great outside of that sack or, or some of the other plays he made but he did what you're kind of looking forward to seeing from these rookies and young guys in, in uh preseason which is essentially just um a a more i don't know what you want to call it put together practice essentially um where you want to see these guys flash right and pickens definitely showed some flashes of what he could be at the nfl level right where you see uh the juice off his snap. You see his ability to um, explode off the ball and use his quickness and speed to get into the backfield a little bit and get past these guards. Now he did benefit on that sack that the, the offensive line for the Tennessee Titans, which by the way, like just, we want to credit the bears as much as possible for getting eight sacks in this game. But I think it's really more so a you know factor of just the offensive line for the Tennessee Titans, especially their backups just being, a really bad unit. And that's kind of the case uh, across the NFL. Like, that's not just a Tennessee Titans or bears issue. Like offensive line right now is a pretty, pretty bad 
in pretty bad shape across the NFL in terms of depth. So it's not surprising that a lot of NFL teams were a lot of teams in the preseason were able to get after it uh, in this first preseason week. But uh, yeah, I mean, he, he took advantage though of that miscommunication between the guard and the tackle on that little stunt that they ran and just kind of showed that he has that juice and burst to kind of get past those guys that if you do make that mistake, he's going to get by you and he's got quick closing speeds to get to the quarterback and get that sack. So that was exciting, exciting to see. And that's something that we really haven't seen as much in training camp. I felt like it, it seemed like it's weird because Pickens flash in this preseason game, but he's kind of been quiet in practices. Whereas Dexter, he has made some plays and flashed quite a bit in training camp practices. But honestly, going back and watching this game was, it, it was rough tape for him to say the least. I, I thought for Dexter, he looked exactly what I thought you looked at Florida, right? Which is, you know, maybe the get off was a little bit better than that Florida, but you, you saw way too many times where he's laid off the snap. He's standing straight up off the snap right away. And uh, offensive linemen are able to use that leverage to their advantage and blow him off the ball a few yards. And that happened quite a few times in the run game, especially on some double team snaps. Now he did show that he does have the natural power to withstand that initial surge and, and reestablish himself um, after getting, you know, blown up a couple yards and, you know, still stack and shed and whatnot. And he showed that a couple times, but also in, in the passing game, like the lack of pass rushing moves really stood out. It seemed like every single snap, he was just, you know, getting off the ball and then just putting his two hands forward into the offensive lineman chest and trying to blow them back. And you got to realize, even though you're going up against backups, you know, that's not going to work in the NFL. You can't just rely on brute strength. You got to have some form of counters and moves and be able to set up these guys to be able to use your power in a more natural way. And he just, he didn't really showcase that. He had one rush attempt where it, it looked like he got a good initial punch on the guy, but then the offensive line recovered and, and uh, pancaked him into the, into the ground. Um, I, I think that was on like the first or second drive of the game that he was out there for. So yeah, he was in there for quite a bit. And I guess like the most discouraging thing from, from Dexter in this one is that I, you know, I don't expect these rookies to play perfectly. It's their first preseason game. I'm not going to dog them too much for, you know, having snap snap inconsistency, but I want to see, like we saw with Pickens, you at least flash a little bit, right. And show some upside in terms of what we, what we can expect from you. And the flashes from Dexter, just, I, I didn't see them, you know, he was, he was just there. Right. And that's kind of like the worst thing that I saw from Dexter is just that, is that like if you were just watching that game and not really focusing on him, you wouldn't even notice that he was in the game. And that's kind of, I don't know, I don't know how you feel about that. You say, but but for me, it's kind of it's kind of discouraging in a way. The rookie. So looking at Pickens and Dexter, I mean, Dexter. Let's be honest, definitely had much more hype coming out of the draft compared to Pickens because Pickens, if we remember the pre-draft process was always this guy who really just flew under the radar, a guy who, again, you either loved or hated him. There was not really any sort of in between Javon Dexter. On the other hand was a guy who you really loved him or you really hated him. And then there was sort of the in-between and the entire time confidently you and I can say, well, we were both in the, Hey, we don't really love him, don't really hate him. We're kind of in this in-between category because you're right, the inconsistencies with Jervon and his game are maddening to the point where 
if we're going to look into our crystal ball and predict this thing three years down the line, well, you're either talking about a player that's a surefire starter or you are talking about a player who is some backup rotational guy or just a key special teamer because Javon did really struggle. And a lot of what he struggled with is stuff that, again, is coachable, but it's also just fundamental defensive line play. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, again, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, stick to the point too much. I almost. I don't want to say negative here. I'll. I'll all say on the defensive line for the Bears and uh, Dexter in particular. It's one game. One game does not define your career, especially a preseason game where it's your first preseason game. You know, Dexter has shown some really nice things in training camp so far. Um, I know I was lower on the pick when it was made. But I don't want that to seem like I want him to fail. I want him to do good for the Bears. I'm a Bears fan after all. Um, that's going to be one of the things I'm looking forward to. Spoiler alert for game two is how does he respond, right? And how does this defensive line repeat its performance? Because overall, the defensive line had a really nice game. And uh, like Travis Bell, seventh round pick, he had a sack in this one um, on a little stunt late in the game. You know, th- they showed some nice things, I thought. So just want to see a little bit more there. Um, moving on to some other rookies, though, um, real quick before we move on to some other guys. Um, I felt like Tyler, you know, Tyler Scott, he's, he's been a camp darling. It, it seems like throughout uh, training camp, he had a drop, no, not a drop, but he had a fumble in this game um, that you don't want to see. So that was kind of a tough moment for the rookie there. And then, you know, some other guys that kind of showed some flashes here and there. Noah Sewell had a pretty productive game and Roshan Johnson, um, you know, he, I wouldn't say it was a great Roshan Johnson game, but he did have that one big run late in the game. It was that 24-yarder work. Um, he just showed that bowling ball power that he has where he ran through a bunch of tackles, broke some guys, bro- broke some tackles, and got some guys off of him. And that was really the selling point for him in the draft. Rounding out this rookie class, how do you think the rest of these guys performed uh, in, in this first game? Yeah, Travis Ball was a guy who – Again, had his flashes, but it's also very clear that he is really playing up to the competition here because he, again, was at Kennesaw State, which I'll be honest, I mean, when the Bears drafted Travis Bell, I was like, all right, first things first I need to know is where the hell is Kennesaw State? You look at Roshan Johnson, I mean, a guy who, again, continues to come in. You can just tell from Roshan's attitude, his demeanor, body language at Hallis Hall, there is a really want to be better. And he's made it very clear that, hey, listen, I want that running back one job, and I see myself being here in the long run. So with Roshan, I mean, if we're going to be honest, it's it's tough to sit here and even look at the stats for Roshan and say, yeah, well, he only had – I believe I think it was like 12 carries, 44 yards, and average 3.7 yards per carry. The 3.7 is deceiving because if we're going to be honest, I mean, he was not running behind a first-team offense at all. And then Tyler Scott, again, a guy who is incredibly versatile in terms of his route running. His best fit at the next level is going to be slot receiver. But with this team, I mean, he can make some real noise when it comes to special teams, which, again, if we talk about special teams for the Bears, I mean, Richard Hightower is a great coach, but there's so many damn inconsistencies that exist. Like, the Bears have not had the same consistent guy returning kicks in 
end punts in probably five to six years, right? You're cycling between a Khalil Herbert, and then you got Valus Jones Jr. and Tariq Cohn was back there at one point, and then you got Tyler Scott now, and Dante Pettis all throwing there, and then there was a COVID year where the Bears had probably six or seven different punt returners. But I bring that up because for Tyler Scott, knowing how loaded this wide receiver room is, the Bears don't need him to come in and be a wide receiver three or four right away. He has the luxury of sitting, learning for a year, and just making his impact felt on special teams. Now, part of the issue on Saturday was that his ball tracking in terms of where the ball was at in the air wasn't necessarily the best. His awareness wasn't the best either because he needs to know when to go about calling a fair catch, which he didn't really do. So it's something where looking into week two, which we'll get into here in a bit. That's something that's on my own watch list. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I'm curious to see how the return snaps are going to be handled, um, especially with uh, VLS Jones' struggles, which I'll get into in a little bit here. Um, I, I have a couple more notes I want to talk about for these rookies first before we move on to some stock up, stock down stuff for some of the other younger players in this roster. Um, but I'll say this, uh, like like you said, Tyler Scott, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what his role is going to be because you mentioned they need sl- they need snaps out of the slot. Um, they also need snaps as another deep threat for this roster, right? Because um, you can never add too much speed on the field and having a guy like Tyler Scott that can spread the field vertically, incredibly valuable for your offense, even if he's not getting a ton of targets this year. So, you know, again, rookie stuff had, had that fumble and, you know, it may not be an indicative of what the vet, what type of value you can add to this team, but, you know, he, he took his lumps in his first game, but I, I'm excited to see like what how, what he can do for this offense because I think he does have a lot of ability to, um, you know, be a contributor for this team this year and beyond. Um, one other note I had on the rookies here that goes to their undrafted class: uh, Tyson Badgett, quarterback uh, that was an undrafted player for them. You know, it, it was with the third stringers and whatnot, guys that probably are going to be practice squad players at best. Um, but I don't know. I thought he looked pretty good out there. Um, you know, he was a guy that was very productive in college, has a live arm, good athlete. I don't know. I'd like to see him get more snaps over Nathan Peterman because I know what Nathan P- Peterman is. And outside of memes, um, 
he's not very good. So I don't know. I say give the young guy more of a shot to make this roster and see if he can, if they can either stash him as a third quarterback or, or keep him on the practice squad. Uh, you know, what are, what are your thoughts on that real quick? I mean, you look at this quarterback room, Justin Fields and PJ Walker are going to be your game day starter and game day backup. There's no way you hand PJ Walker a contract in free agency. And then you're all of a sudden going to cut him. I mean, Nathan Peterman and Tyson Badgett, which I totally agree. You have to give the younger guy who you're going to stash away in Tyson Badgett on the practice squad a chance to really go ahead and start. But the big, the bigger picture to keep in mind here is that Peterman was essentially kept around just as a means of number one, kind of being a quarterback mentor to fields last year because he does bring some veteran experience to the table but ultimately number two you kept him around this year just to be able to push a guy like Tyson Badgett who again looking at Tyson I mean everything you hear when you talk to people around the league about Tyson is that he's a real great guy he's a hard worker he comes in puts his head down he's certainly flown under the radar but he's definitely the type of player that can be a practice squad guy in year one and then compete for a roster spot going into year two because this team has not had a young developmental backup quarterback in God knows how long and probably about a decade at this point. But you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, right? They had Patrick Mahomes there and they had Chad Henney sitting behind Mahomes for so many years, which Patrick Mahomes may be an anomaly in a sense, but like look at the Eagles who – have Jalen Hurts, but they just signed Marcus Mariota this offseason. So there is, and then the Colts have um, Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew. So there is a real value that teams see in having that starting quarterback and just having that experience back up in the room, which again, for the Bears, that's going to be P.J. Walker this year. But over the next couple of years, you could see a transition to Tyson Badgett. Yeah, that would be the best case scenario, right? Because, uh, again, like w- one of my favorite quotes that uh, – not really a quote, but favorite sentiments that came out of uh, Howie Roseman, Philadelphia Eagles GM, um, and talking about his <clears throat> team-building strategy was that, you know, that their goal as an organization is to be a quarterback-developing organization or to be a quarterback factory, so to speak. Um because quarterback, it's the most important position, right? So you want to constantly be developing quarterbacks and, um, you know, trying to get trying to get guys that can play um, with any resource they can get. So that's why they've consistently they've consistently drafted guys um, in Philadelphia. They brought guys in that are highly touted um, as undrafted free agents that you know may have fell out of the draft for one reason or another. Uh, they spent money on backups in the past. You know they spent high draft capital in the past on, on getting quarterbacks, right? Um, all because they know that having that position secured, both with your starter and your backup is incredibly valuable. and can help you lead, help lead to a lot of wins year after year after year. Right. So that's something that I hope that the bears do uh, with Ryan Poles in, in, in tow. Now, you know, you have Justin Fields, which, uh, you hope is going to be your franchise guy. And we, we think it's going to be your, your franchise guy for a long time, but who's going to be that long-term backup for him. And if Badger could be that guy for you, that would be, that would be incredibly exciting because he does, 
he does have some talent, I think. And I, again, it could be a case where he's going up against a bunch of third stringers and it's preseason and none of the stuff really is translatable, but I don't know. That's why I like to see him get more of a chance to get some more reps, I think. And I think these last two preseason games are going to be telling in that regard. Um, but before we move on to uh, the next preseason game and joint practices for the Bears, I want to do a little quick stock up, stock down report for some of the other young guys in this roster that aren't rookies. So I'll start with you, Sade. Who are two guys that you have as stock up right now on this Bears roster? You know, that's an excellent question, and I'm not going to sit here and say Travis Gibson because, quite frankly, he was at the very top of everybody's stock ups list this year, but really for me, or this past week, but stock up, I mean, I think you have to go Darnell Wright, a guy who comes in, is playing right tackle, has, like I said, really held his own, so there's going to be a sense of incremental improvement that comes with the expectations that are being laid right now for Darnell Wright. I mean, he came out and played a phenomenal game, and guess what? He lost 16 pounds, and you can see it evidently compared to when he first reported to Hallis Hall for rookie minicamp. So that's one stock up. And really the second stock up for me looking at it has to be Noah Sewell. And I know I'm picking two rookies here, but one of the reasons I love Noah Sewell is because he can play all three of those linebacker positions, whether it's Will, Sam, or Mike. You look at him right now primarily because of the injury to Jack Sanborn earlier in camp. He was working at that Sam linebacker, which is strong side. But there is the part of me which is intrigued to see him, especially with his measurables, playing both Will and Mike because he's common, he's taking really good pursuit angles, he knows how to go ahead and pursue the ball carrier. And then there's a sense of underrated speed that doesn't get talked about enough, and he is this athletic freak. So Noah Sewell is a player to really continue to watch. And then Stockdown, it's tough, but honestly, one name I'm going to say for Stockdown is, without a doubt, Herbert, because you have... Dante Foreman and Roshan Johnson, again, two guys that are directly linked to this regime, whereas Kula Herbert was a carryover guy from the previous regime. It didn't really see a whole lot from Herbert in this first preseason game. So it does make me wonder, hey, are Roshan and Dante Foreman genuinely spoiling the Bears' long-term plan at running back? at least for this season. And are we going to see a Roshan Foreman combo more so than a Khalil Herbert combo? And then the second stock down without a doubt is Vilas Jones Jr. I mean, we were wary about the pick a year ago, a year later, nothing has really changed. So it's something where again, he'll make this roster because he does have some qualities that this offense really covets, such as the versatility as well as the speed. They've spent a handful of time working him at both the Z receiver, the X receiver, as well as the F receiver. But it's again, one of those situations where, you know, Valus really isn't making a name for himself on special teams and there's not much breathing room for him to make a name for him on the offensive side of the ball. So at this point, you're just projecting depth piece. I don't think the Bears cut him, by the way. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, the big one has to be Felix Jones for Stockdown, right? Like, for a guy who the entire selling point for Felix Jones last year in the drafts to be selected in the third round was, I mean, yeah, it was the fact that he was a great athlete, extremely fast, and at pretty good size for wide receiver. Apparently, he has been off the charts for the Bears' athletic model that they use in their, their drafting you know, scouting um, method for whatever that's worth. And that was like that. And the fact that he was going to be this dangerous gadget return specialist guy um, that those were kind of the two selling points for him being sliced in the third round. And like you said, like both of us, um, most of draft Twitter, you know, a lot of guys following the team were just like, um, I'm pretty sure this is a massive reach. He was, he was a massive reach on the consensus board. Um, most people had him as a day three pick that, yeah, you take a flyer on the athleticism and stuff on day three, but like, you gotta look at all the science here. Only one year production in college, 25 year old rookie going into it. Right. Um, you know, not a great skill set in terms of route running ability and hands and, you know, being able to play the receiver position. And the other thing is you're drafting to be a return specialist he didn't even really have much experience as a punt returner. And that's what the bears are trying to do. They're trying to make him a kickoff returner and punt returner. And so far in his career, he has struggled as a punt returner. And that was, that happened once again in this first preseason game where he gets the opportunity to return that punt and he muffs it again. Like he had the chance to catch on the fly. He lets it bounce. Then he goes to get it and he gets hit as he's trying to catch the ball. And, led to another turnover and why this is a big deal is that this was the big thing for Vilas last year where that was a constant theme where three or four times I think it happened where he had huge muffs near the end of games or at critical points in games last year that ended up leading to bear to scores that would cause the bears to lose those close games. And while it did help the bears tanking position, you know, in, in the moment, yeah, it was rough for him. And and to do that in your first preseason game, when you're trying to make a good first impression, like you said, I don't think it's enough for him to be kicked off, to be cut off the roster. I think he's going to make the roster because what's your alternative for that role? Dante Pettis? Like, we, we know what Dante Pettis is. Like, Fields Jones, for all of his flaws, like, he's a Ryan Poles guy. They drafted him. You know, he's not going to be – they're not they're, they're going to give him every single opportunity to make this roster. So – but still, like it's just, yeah, it's been a it's been a whirlwind with him, man. It's been it's been lots of high, lots of downs, some highs, but mostly just, yeah, just just showing why a lot of people were skeptical of that pick when it was made in last year's draft. But in terms of another stock down guy for me, um, Kendall Vildor, he was getting a lot of playing time in the fourth quarter of this game, and when you're getting playing time in the fourth quarter of a preseason game that usually means uh, you're probably not making the roster. 
um, which makes sense. Like the Bears have invested a lot of resources at cornerback over the last two years. Um, you know, multiple high draft picks. Um, some guys they brought in as undrafted guys that have played pretty well for them. Some day three picks. So yeah, Kilgo Vildor. It looks like he's not in the long term plans for this organization, which you know is not a surprise um, when you consider all the talent that they brought in, um, especially the young talent that they brought in. Um, to kind of restock the position, so to speak. But in terms of some positives, um, you know, you mentioned Travis Gibson. He was amazing in this game. Again, he's going up against backup tackles, but um, I think he's shown time and time again that just you put him against a backup tackle, he's going to roast that guy. He had eight pressures in this game, according to PFF. He was constantly in the backfield. He had a sack in this one. Just – we know what Travis Gibson is, right? He's a good pass rusher who's not a you know full-time starter type of guy. He's just not a very good run defender, not very consistent um, on a down-to-down basis to kind of be that role. But as a situational third or fourth pass rusher, I think he definitely has a place in this league being that guy. And I think he's making a case to make this roster because it's going to be tough because the Bears, they brought in Yannick Ngakwe, they had Demarcus Walker, Rasheem Green and Dominique Robinson appear to be ahead of him on the pecking order. And both of those guys are Ryan Pohl's guys that he brought him himself, you know, and it seems like Travis Gibson, he's going to be competing with another guy that Ryan Pohl's brought in this offseason that had a nice game. He had two sacks, I think, in this first preseason game. That was Terrell Smith, the former second round pick um, of the Los Angeles Rams, who has struggled with injuries or Terrell Lewis, I should say, not Terrell Smith. I don't know where I got that, that name, but. Um, yeah, struggle with injuries uh, going back to college at Alabama. But he's an explosive pass rusher. He's got some moves. He's got some bend. He's got some explosiveness. So he showed that in the, in this last game as well. So the Bears have some pretty nice depth at edge rusher, which is, again, the starting talent's not very great. But the depth looks pretty solid, I think, all things considered, um, based off of what we've seen so far in training camp and, and preseason. And the last guy for me, Kyler Gordon, man, he looked, he looked good in the limited time that he was out there. And that's what you want to see. I think, I think he's poised for that second year jump. Um, and he looks like he's found a comb as that, as that nickelback for, for this team and this defense. So looking forward to seeing, he's probably not going to play in the rest of this preseason, but he, he looks like he's poised for a pretty big season. So with that said, let's move on to uh, the joint practices and, and uh, this upcoming matchup against the Colts. So for those who don't know, the, the Bears, they've been uh, having joint practices over the last two nights against the Indianapolis Colts in preparation for their game on Saturday uh, for week two of the preseason. So the Bears have been at the Indianapolis Colts practice facility. And the main takeaway based off of the reports that I've seen is that it has gotten a little chippy, no full-on fights, but we've seen some instances where you know the Indianapolis Colts players have been hitting Justin Fields in practice, which is definitely a no-no in practice at this stage, but especially from an opposing team, that's not going to go well against your opponent there um, who doesn't want to get their quarterback hurt in a, in a training camp practice, obviously. Um, today, there were many reports of multiple, like, skirmishes where guys were getting each other's face, maybe some minor punches thrown, but nothing escalating too much. Um, but overall from the performances that we've seen on the field, it seemed like the first day that the offense kind of had some struggles, but really put it all together more so in the second day where apparently Justin Fields had like a, a 
he was on fire for a seven on seven um, period where he, he was perfect. So went like eight of eight or nine for nine with like multiple touchdowns. So stuff you want to see, it's not like the bears got the better of the Colts on the second day of practice, whereas the Colts got the better of the bears on the first day of practice. So uh, based off of what you've been hearing and what, and what we've been seeing from uh, the joint practices, you say any takeaways there as we head into the second preseason game? Yeah. I mean, the first thing is that you have a defense that is significantly playing with a major chip on its shoulder. And again, this is a group. It's not just the veterans. It's the young guys too, like Gordon and again, Brisker hasn't been in these joint practices, but these guys have come out and have basically created this vibe and this energy that is translating over to some of the second and third string guys right now. So it's an entire unit that is going to go in and may not necessarily have tons of star power on paper, but you're going to see a really good defense this year. And then looking at the offensive side of the football, I mean, we've said throughout the last four weeks, there's going to be growing pains and that still sticks true to even looking at Thursday night's practice where again, Justin Fields and the offense, they were good in the seven on sevens. They had some struggles in the 11 on 11s, which Again, part of that is the Colts having some actual film to go ahead and evaluate. The other half of it is that the offense does tend to go through these ups and downs at times, and it hits these road bumps. So really the big thing and the big question mark now becomes is can this offense find some sort of stability? But I will say this. You look at the notes from Wednesday's practice, which are readily available on the Bear Report website, the Bears made it clear with all the deep shots that Justin was taking. They want to figure out the deep ball component and the deep passing game in this offense too, compared to just week one of the preseason where it was a lot of short, quick throws. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you want to get – well, you want to protect fields, but also you want to get him to – can learn how to be able to process faster and get the ball out quicker. So hopefully that's something that we're, we, we've been able to see from these last two practices. I'll say on the other side of the ball, it sounds like the defense has been locked down in these joint practices so far against uh, Anthony Richardson, who's a rookie quarterback. So there's going to be some ups and downs there, um, obviously. But, yeah, I mean, let's just get into the end this, end this thing. Let's get into what we're looking forward to seeing for preseason week two because Eberflus announced this right after practice today. So it sounds like Justin Fields, he's not going to be playing in the second preseason game. So I think it's safe to assume that Justin Fields, we're not going to see him until week one. And that goes for a lot of other key starters on uh, this Bears team. So it's going to be mostly backups over the next two preseason games heading into just the end of the preseason here into week one. So looking into the second preseason game without the starters out there, um, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to seeing from this Bears team against the Colts? Really more than anything, you are – because we already know who the Bears starters are. I mean, you could sit down and pencil in – everything except one or two spots but the bears need to figure depth out and that's what these last two weeks of preseason are going to be about is that who is going to emerge as the guys on the offensive line who is going to emerge in terms of depth in the secondary also who 
between Valus Jones, Tyler Scott, Dante Pettis, Nasimba Webster is going to emerge in terms of that wide receiver depth. The sole biggest question that I have is, do we potentially see Yannick Ngakwe make his debut this week because he didn't play in week one? Could the Bears go ahead and get him out there for a handful of snaps just so he does get back into game action because he was a very late training camp addition. It's not guaranteed to happen, but the Bears would benefit from making such a move. Yeah, I'll say for me that the thing I'm looking forward to in in this, this preseason game is, you know, for the rookies, how do they respond after their first preseason game? You know, I look at, um, guys like, I don't know if Darnell Wright's going to play. Probably not. I would assume he's one of the starters that I, I would assume is not going to play. But how does Tyreek Stevenson follow up on his performance in the first game? If Terrell Smith is healthy, how is he going to play? In fact, I don't even know if he's going to be healthy to play. I'll have to check on that. Um, but you look at guys like Zach Pickens. Can he replicate his performance and get you know more pressure on the quarterback and just take a step forward in his development? Um, Tyler Scott, Roshan Johnson, how do those guys – um, you know, how do those guys play with more reps in this game and more of a responsibility on their shoulders to make plays? And I think the biggest the biggest one for me is Dexter here, Javon Dexter. How does he respond after what was a you know what was a rough first preseason game? How does he can he bounce back from that? Can he show that it was just one game and that a lot of the issues that we saw at Florida aren't necessarily a long term worry for him anymore those are some of the things i want to see i just want to see especially in dexter's case i want to see him flash right i want i want to see these guys make plays i want to show i want them to show um you know some of the promise and upside that is there for them for what they can contribute to the bears as pros not only this year but for years ahead moving forward here so that's the most important thing for me and then also i'm also looking forward to Tyson Badgett. Like I want to see this guy play the entire game. I really don't care. I I know what PJ Walker is like, okay, give him like a series or two and call it a day. Nathan Peterman. I don't need to see him in a bears Jersey anymore. I'm sorry. Like I know what Nathan Peterman is at this point. I know that he's probably going to throw, if you ever put him in an NFL game, he's going to throw a bunch of bad picks and a bunch of inaccurate balls and just be Nathan Peterman. Right. But I want to see Tyson Badgett. I want to see what this kid has, right? Um, so I would like to see him get the bulk of reps in this game. I want to see him out there slinging it. Um, and I want to see if if there is any potential here for him to stick around in the practice squad or whatever and be someone that they can develop within the system and potentially be a backup moving forward, right? Because eventually they're going to need to get a backup quarterback to replace P.J. Walker with somebody that can replicate some of the things that Justin Fields can do on the field. Now, Badgett isn't nearly the athlete. He's a good athlete, but he's not the athlete that Justin Fields is, obviously. So he can't do quite everything that he can do. But in terms of you know, the arm talent, he's got good arm talent, I think, based off of watching him. He's a good athlete. He's a good throw of the football on the move. So he's good for that outside zone play action, boot stuff that you can do with him in this offense. I don't know. I'm just – that it might be reaching a little bit, but I just want to see – some more of that type of stuff. And in terms of some of the other guys that have struggled, like Vils Jones, like can he, you know, get his head up back on his shoulders and, and respond with a good performance in, in the second preseason game. 
Uh, the backup offensive line, Jatari, Jatari Carter had a really nice performance in his first preseason action, you know, as the starting right guard for them last week. I want to see how he does in week two, right? The Colts, they do have some talent in, on that defensive line. So how can he perform against what should be a stronger opponent this upcoming week? So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things I'm, I'm looking forward to watching. Even though the Stars aren't playing, doesn't mean there's not a reason not to watch it, right? So, yeah, it should be an exciting week of football, and I'm looking forward to it. But uh, with that said, I think it's a good time to wrap it up for us here for this episode of the Picks for Polls podcast. For all of our listeners out there, out there, uh, thank you for listening, and make sure to like, rate, subscribe. Uh, wherever you get your podcasting platforms on Spotify, at Blue Wire, um, wherever you give us a listen here. Um, make sure to follow us on social media as well, at Picks for Polls on Twitter. Um, you say, where can our listeners find you and find your work? Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at Usaid Koshal. That's the handle for all my social medias. You can also go ahead and check out my work on the Bear Report website. Yeah, you can find my work on the Bear Report as well. You can follow me on Twitter at AJFreeman25. With that said, Bears fans, uh, it was an exciting first game for the Bears, but we're looking forward to game two um, and looking forward to seeing how these guys do uh, for the second week in a row. But until next time, Bears fans, have a great weekend. Have fun watching some Bears football and bear down.